Hello there, folks, and thank you for listening to the show. I'm Joanna. I'm Nate, and we are Stranger Than. Today we have a weird episode for you. We're going to be covering the mysterious machine elves and the also mysterious shadow people. Yes, two separate yet, um, you know, interesting and weird topics. Yeah, uh, kind of correlating in some ways, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Would you like to start out with some shadow people, or would you like to start out with some machine elves? Uh, let's dive into the machine elves, because I, I have to tell you, I had no freaking idea what these things were when you pitched this idea. Uh, all I could imagine when thinking about them was something similar to the uh, the little gnomes in South Park that steal underpants. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 what I had in my head when we were talking about machine elves. I'm like, okay, are these guys like do they like get into your computer and fuck with your shit, uh steal your underwear? What's the deal? Not quite, not quite. No, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> machine elves, clockwork elves, fractal elves, self-transforming elves, Jenny, the Kabiri, Elohim. These are all some entities that are reported to have been seen or interacted with by people in states of heightened consciousness. Whether the state is achieved naturally or with some sort of aid doesn't seem to matter. A heightened state of consciousness would be normally obtained or easily obtained by drugs, usually DMT. Right. So usually when you're tripping balls, basically. Yes. Yes. And <laughs> but some people are able to obtain uh, attain this particular state just through uh meditation and whatnot. However, it's gonna take a lot it's gonna be a lot more difficult to do it that way than to just take some DMT. Yeah, that's what I, I call those people lucky. Yes. Although I'm sure it's not so much luck as just a lot of really just training pretty much i guess i don't want to do that that's too much work how about i just eat some drugs yeah yeah <laughs> i'm not sure why they're called jenny i actually tried to find why they were called jenny and i couldn't find it anywhere that's weird now it's believed these entities exist to assist humans in learning how to traverse the next level of consciousness Terence McKenna was an ethnobotanist who was quite interested in hallucinogenic plants. An ethnobotanist is one who studies how cultures use plants. We spoke about him in our Mandela Effect episode. In one of his written accounts about a DMT trip, he, he relates that upon breaking through to the next level of consciousness, he was met by a bunch of, quote, jeweled, self-dribbling basketballs, unquote. These critters reportedly were pretty happy with seeing a human in their dimension, which they verbally emoted, said things like, We see so few of you, it's so great that you're here. They then bombarded McKenna with dozens of what appeared to be impossible sentient toys that were able to sing into existence other sentient impossible toys. Hmm. I see this as just something that he couldn't really describe appropriately, because they were crazy weird things no yeah no probably no real anything that he could point like say they were in real life there was no real life equivalent to them right um or done... at least in this dimension 
You ever done the DMT? I have done DMT. Only once. Okay. I have not. I don't remember seeing machine elves. Yeah, I, I hear it's pretty intense. I, I have never done yeah. it. I haven't done any psychedelics for many, many years. Many, many, many Oh, it's years. totally like the working person's psychedelic because it only lasts, the powder usually lasts like 10 or 15 minutes and you don't really feel hungover afterwards. So you just get a quick, a quick, you know, trip and then uh, go make dinner or whatever. Yeah, well, I mean, that's like the weird thing to me because reading some of these experiences that are just so elaborate that people have on DMT and yet, yeah, it was my understanding it doesn't last very long. So is I guess it maybe it's one of those things where like time stops in your mind. I don't know. And Or things are just it's happening so quickly. Uh, also, it's possible that things like ayahuasca or any sort of other plants that have DMT in them, perhaps it lasts longer in, the, in its natural state. Mm-hmm. I'm not really, I'm not really sure hundred percent on that. Uh, now these, inst- these entities that McKenna ran into during this trip urged him to do the same things that they were doing. And he found, so to copy what they're doing. And he found that when he attempted to speak, the words would bubble up out of his mouth, actually spelling out the words, not making words sounds. As he neared the end of the DMT trip, all the critters started to move away from him. They were waving goodbye and shouting the words deja vu to him. McKenna had traveled to the Colombian Amazon in search of DMT-rich plants. He writes in his book, True Hallucinations, that everybody he spoke with about these plants who had any experience with ingesting them would relate to stories of meeting little people who would teach them things. According to McKenna, he was told by Tibetans when he gave them DMT that it was lesser light and would get them to the lesser light of Bardo. Bardo is the place between death and rebirth in Tibetan Buddhism. I believe we actually spoke about that in our uh, reincarnation episode. Apparently, one can get as far into Bardo as possible while still being able to return with the aid of DMT. So DMT pretty much can get you as far as you can go into this the other side sort of pre-life area <laughs> that you can get without you until you're stuck and you got to go on to the next life interesting now don't we naturally have dmt in our body let's yeah let's talk a little bit about dmt the first western psychiatrist to conduct experiments with dmt was rick strassman These experiments were carried out at the University of New Mexico in the early 1990s for five years. There were 60 volunteers and around 400 doses of DMT administered. DMT, or dimethyltryptamine, the spirit molecule, is a hallucinogenic chemical that is found naturally in in plants such as ayahuasca, I believe some mushrooms, other random hallucinogenic plants that you can find in areas. Some believe that it is produced in the human brain when dreaming, when being born, and when dying, though this is not known for certain. Also, it seems like the people who believe that it is created while you're dreaming, they don't also believe that it's there when you are born and when you die. I guess that's kind of two different camps of DMT. Okay, yeah, I think when somebody was first telling me about DMT, they were telling me it was uh, the thing, like, when you're about to die. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had heard that as well. 
It can be taken by consuming the plant. It's naturally in. So that would probably be done by just eating the plant or probably making a tea. I would imagine they usually make a tea out of those things because random plants don't generally taste very good. It can also be, through the wonders of science, reduced to a form of a powder that can be, I think it's normally smoked. Although I think if you're, you could probably snort it if you really wanted to. Strassman said about DMT, quote, I was neither intellectually nor emotionally prepared for the frequency with which contact with the beings occurred in our studies, nor the often utterly bizarre nature of these experiences, unquote. Interestingly, one of Strassman's volunteers, Jeremiah, states that when he takes the DMT, it was not like getting high. He would enter into this DMT world, you know, the one that's filled with these machine elves, and he would feel completely lucid and sober while there. Machine elves don't have any real solid shape or specific form. What they look like varies from person to person and may even be constantly changing while they are being observed. In fact, machine elves in some cases is more of an umbrella term to encompass a variety of humanoid, divine, and mechanical entities that can be met. Humanoid beings are just that, beings that are human-shaped. Elves, dwarves, shadow people, things that are <laughs> vaguely human. Right. There is a there's a user story on, uh, I think, Ranker.com where um, he, on DMT, he encounters um, machine elves and they are like kind of tiny humanoid figures, but they were like made, they were like black uh, semi-solid liquid. So kind of like these shiny black little tiny beings. Crazy. Kind yeah. of like the T-1000, but instead of being metal, being made of black. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, kind of make uh, like, a, uh, like a black shiny sludge oil, whatever. Yeah. The divine beings could be sh things that are shaped like angels or demons. Or they could even be religious icons. You might see Zeus. You might see Jesus. Maybe Gilgamesh. I don't know. Maybe a Buddha or two. There's all manner of things that can be seen. Aliens can be seen. Generally, they're ones that are common in culture. Things like the Greys or the Palladians or all you know the the all the different ones. Lizard people, probably anthropomorphic animals. You know the cat people and that sort of thing. Also. Regular animals are seen, commonly reptiles, insects, cats, a few others. Normally, the regular animals aren't so much in communication like these other entities. Sometimes they are there just to bring about a feeling. So oftentimes things like insects or reptiles will elicit fear responses in the people that are experiencing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one one user was talking about like a giant praying mantis, and I was just like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, that's no good. I mean, right? you're probably fine as long as you don't try to fuck it. <sighs> I, I guess that's true. It's just uh, anytime like bugs are are giant and amplified, that's that's kind of terrifying in my book. Yeah, yeah, you're uh, you're right. Big bugs mm -hmm. are bad. Big bugs <laughs> are bad. For sure. So, I mean, there's some things about this, uh, the DMT that I'm just like, man, that'd be fucking awesome as shit. And other times where I've read stories about it, I'm just like, eh, you know, I'll pass on that. 
Yeah, right? Like, I don't think I want to deal with that. I don't want to be seeing images of giant bugs, like, coming at me and chomping me and stuff like that. I don't, I don't care what kind of higher level of consciousness it brings me to. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> or what I, like, learn from the experience coming, coming yeah, out of it. I'm just like, you know, I'm cool. I learned fucking big bugs suck. Yeah. I learned a whole new level of terror. <laughs> Great. Mechanical beings are also seen. So things like androids and robots, but also random mechanical intelligences, just machines that don't necessarily seem to have much of a purpose, but are intelligent and they're not necessarily in any sort of humanoid form. Maybe just a cube with gears in it. I mean, fuck, who knows? All kinds of weirdo things. And sometimes geometric shapes, normally fractals, are color-changing, undulating spheres. These things also, like in general, all of, all of the different DMT entities, sort of fit into a theory called the simulation theory. It's a really complicated theory, but we're going to very simply and briefly put it that the simulation theory postulates that we are living in a computer program. If you guys have ever seen The Matrix, it's that. You know how old There's... The Matrix is now? It's crazy. Oh, yeah, that came out in, what, 1998? Yeah, something like that. 96, 98. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So if you haven't seen it, um, definitely do. It's it's awesome. Yeah, you, the first Matrix is really good. The next two Matrix movies are not nearly as good. No. the Animatrix is an anthology, mostly anthology series of animated shorts that go along with the Matrix, and it's also really good. Wasn't that on like Liquid Television, the Animatrix? Like, no, Liquid Television was well done after by the time an, uh, the Animatrix came out. Oh, okay. But it was some of the animation is in similar styles to like Eon Flux. Oh, that was the each... one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, but each short is done by a different animator and a different writer, so it's all not really connected to one another. Simulation theory is we're all in the fucking Matrix. Machine elves are thought to be the ones keeping the whole simulation going. They create everything within the the simulation. They keep the physics running. They know what we as individuals are intending to do, and they make that shit happen. They're the player characters. They're the NPCs. They're the objects. They're thought to actually be teachers as well, albeit kindergarten teachers, because they're showing us how consciousness works in the next place that we're going to in this DMT world. Since we're so new to it as a species, it's similar to being new to this particular world and having to learn how to roll over and crawl and then walk and all that shit. They're basically teaching us how to do that only with our consciousness. As our consciousness changes, as we learn how it works, it changes our vibration. That's what changes our reality. And I guess that's what gets us to this next level of evolution, I suppose. If I understand it correctly, what they're teaching us to do is to use our intention to get them, the machine elves, to make that intention reality, or rather, simulated reality. Interesting. I guess 
a way you could put it is if someone could move something with their mind, someone was, was telekinetic, then through this, they would have learned how to make the intention of making that object move. They would understand how to get that, in how the machine elves to make that intention reality, I think. But simulation theory is probably a full episode topic. It's quite deep. <laughs> there's there's a lot to get into. It's it's something else. Um, yeah, so sure that's we're not is. really going to go too much more into it here. Carl Jung spoke about some things called the Kabiri. In Greek mythology, these are deities from the Greek island of Samothrace. It's in the northern Aegean Sea. This island is pretty useless strategically, and because of all of its mountains and shit on it, it's pretty bad for farming as well. However, there is a huge temple complex on there called the Temple of the Great Gods. The Great Gods predate ancient Greek religion. A few things are known about the gods worshipped, but for the most part, the ancient religion is an enigma. A few of their gods match up to Greek deities, such as Hades, Persephone, Aphrodite, there's a few others. All the mystery about the great gods stems mainly from the fact that it was a mystery religion. Mystery religion, or mystery cults, didn't just bust out with their knowledge. It wasn't like Christianity, where they you just can go and sit into a church and they'll just tell you everything, whether you want to hear it or not. Hell, some of them come to your door to tell you about it, or stop you on the street to tell you about it. This is not like that. They require you to go through some sort of initiation so that you can, you know, to, to make sure that you're worthy of this particular knowledge. Well, I like that. I like that a lot because that's the way it should be. It's like if you're that great, people should be coming to you, not the other way around. Exactly. Sort of like the Freemasons do it, you know? You've yeah. got you've to gotta start at a certain level and they teach you more and more information. Or I guess like Scientology, right. except without the whole like taking all the money thing. <laughs> the Kiberi were also protectors of sailors, which makes a lot of sense because this was an island civilization. According to Jung's written experience of his interaction with the Kiberi, in his book Liber Novus, which I think means new book in Latin or something, the Kiberi say, quote, we carry what is not to be carried from below to above. We are the juices that rise secretly, not by force, but sucked out of inertia and affixed to what is growing. We know the unknown way we know the unknown ways and the inexplicable laws of living matter. We carry up what slumbers in the earthly, what is dead and yet enters into the living. We do this slowly and easily. What you do in vain in your human way, we complete what is impossible for you. Unquote. Which sounds a lot like what the machine elves are doing. They're taking the things that humans can't do and they're doing them. Interesting thing. Mm -hmm. There's also the uh, what's called Elohim, which is a name for the Hebrew God. There's actually seven names for the Hebrew God. There's Yahweh, El, Eloah, Elohai, El Shaddai, and Sivout. And then, of course, Elohim. There's also a jaw or yaw, but it's kind of a sometimes why name. You know how some why is sometimes a vowel. Right. It's weird that it's like that because the word hallelujah means literally in Hebrew praise jaw. So strange. What is thought to be one of the earliest Gnostic texts 
called the Book of Baruch, tells a story of Elohim. Gnostics are basically Hebrew mystics. They search for gnosis or knowledge. If I understand correctly, Gnostics seek salvation through knowledge. But in an old school way, because it's like Torah kind of shit, not quite New Testament. The Book of Baruch talks about a system of three deities, though for the concept being put forth, I think the word deity is a bit two-dimensional. The Gnostic Bible refers to them as principles. There is a main deity or principle, which is a masculine entity. It's called the good. And this correlates with the Greek god Priapos, the god of fertility, male virility and genitals, sex, gardens, fruits, veggies, nature, beekeeping, and is the protector of livestock. (laughs) So he's kind of a dick god, like literally like a penis god. Literally a penis, but also beekeeper. Okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Penis and beekeeper. Uh, But this guy doesn't really matter that much. Elohim and Edom are the other two parts of this system. Elohim is the masculine, the name coming from the word God in Hebrew, as I just mentioned, and Edom, the feminine, whose name comes from the word Earth in Hebrew. Edom is kind of the feminine version of the good. She has gardens, Earth, she created humans, animals, created the soul, and has a name very close to Eden, as in the Garden of. Mm-hmm. which is interesting. Elohim and Edom have some wild, passionate, throw-your-back-out sex that results in 24 angel kids. The kids create paradise and earth. According to the literature, these angel kids are the ones that make everything work. They are make the ones that keep physics running and the ones that are getting humans to do human things, which also sounds quite a bit like machine elves. Mm-hmm. Are these DMT trips just your brain signals getting fucked up or just funny fucked around with and you're just seeing things that aren't actually there? I'd be willing to believe that things like DMT and psilocybin and other compounds are capable of expanding the human consciousness. I mean, McKenna also talks about a thing called the stoned ape theory, which is, states that in the line of evolution that led to Homo sapien, someplace along the way, our evolutionary ancestors ate some of these compounds, whether they're psychedelic mushrooms or plants of any kind. They find them, they found them in areas as they migrated, and these mushrooms or whatever changed their minds and allowed for them to think in different ways and mm-hmm. become more intelligent. Yeah, I would say that's definitely. Cons- um, yeah, I. I think that psychedelics for sure um, can be helpful in expanding your mind. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, helping you to uh, think in, of things in new and different ways and, uh, you know, become sometimes a better person because of it. Um, oh, I, yeah. it's, an, it's I do insane. feel like all this stuff is, you know, like I know there's the theories about where you're you're actually crossing over and you're seeing things from like a different dimension and we all know my feelings on that. <laughs> yes, you don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. No, I don't. But um I think it's 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 tapping into stuff that's within us. Oh yeah, it, I mean it's I, us. It's us. I don't I don't think we're, you know, going to some transitional place necessarily. I think it's just all within us, but these things just help to um, you know, find it. I do believe that you can go different places with your consciousness. I mean, there must be more than three dimensions, four dimensions, I guess, if you can include time. 
but I mean, there's gotta be, there's just gotta be more. And I know that after I've taken mushrooms before and definitely changed the way I think about things, Mm -hmm. as you may or may not be aware, maybe not you specifically, but our listeners in general, Oregon has just decriminalized drugs in general and then allowed for psilocybin, the hallucinogenic compound in magic mushrooms, they that's allowed for therapeutic use. I listened to a interview with a guy who did research on this and he he took it was a small case study but he took something like I think it was 24 people and dosed the fucking shit uh, 24 people who had experienced were experiencing depression in some cases for decades. They had tried all kinds of different antidepressants and never really, nothing really worked for him. So he fucking dosed the shit out of these people on mushrooms, gave them like five grams of mushrooms. So shitload of mushrooms. Basically they powder these things up and put it in applesauce or something, or maybe little pills. And these people, they just let these people fucking trip their balls off. Mm-hmm. They have medical people on hand just in case a person tries to hurt themselves or whatever. And half of the people after a, like five or six months reported having either no more depression or a significant loss or a significant decline in their depression. Mm-hmm. So, and, and and everybody after the study felt better for at least a little while. Oh yeah. I believe it. it's also been used uh, to help uh, P- with PTSD. Oh yeah. With P I mean, it's sort of, sort of the same, the same deal. Uh, one of the stories they told were about a guy who was just had terrible like agoraphobic depression where he couldn't leave the house he would puke it was so bad he would have it for days on end and nothing helped nothing helped nothing helped it was like to the point where he was wanted to die and so he found a dude took a bunch of mushrooms hung out in a room with a sleeping mask on and just lost and listening to like Enya or some shit and then just lost his shit for a few hours and got back together and is is fine and these people are all also obviously going to therapy and all this stuff so they're not just taking a bunch of mushrooms and and you know no, with no sort of help or anything but it's it's and it is also a small study but it's probably the best news in depression for actual people who are depressed for a long time right we don't want to be labeling it as a cure all but <laughs> no they want they they definitely stressed that it wasn't a magic bullet it wasn't going to definitely cure everybody of everything but i'm telling you it's it 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 has worked for me in my past when i've been you know in a bad spot and taken a bunch of mushrooms and felt better for a time it just sort of works things out for you oh yeah i think i've mentioned this before but it wasn't mushrooms i i think i was dropping acid at the time like you know at way too young of an age this was a long time ago. But, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I, I came out of that one deciding, um, I mean, it's one of the things that like has stuck with me, like kind of like my whole life, um, deciding that, you know, from now on, I'm going to judge everything in life as either being a good trip or a bad trip. And, uh, <laughs> you know, obviously anything that's, that's, that's a bad trip just needs to, you know, just needs to go. Like I decided my boyfriend at the time, who was like a total fucking psychopath, was a bad trip, you know, and like I was done with him. So, (laughs) 
I don't got know. rid of the psychopath. Yeah, I did. I totally did because he was a fucking bad trip, man. I didn't need that shit in my yeah. life. <laughs> and I still Straight like up. sometimes like when things are just getting so like crazy and overcomplicated, I'm just be like, you know what? This is a fucking bad trip right here. <laughs> just really simplify it down to something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you seen Grey's Anatomy? I have not seen Grey's Anatomy. Uh, okay. Well, there's this one part where one of the characters, uh needs to you know there's two ways they can go about doing a specific surgery and they always go back to this one very easy decision between two two different kinds of food and then choose their course and go similar to that how it's just is this a good trip or a bad trip you know just simplify everything down you know if it gets too complicated to simplify it down to something that's easy that you can you can easily make a decision about yes Yes. So, yeah, I think stuff like that, great for uh, finding insight into, you know, your own life. Um, there's a, the, I watched a YouTube video and I was trying to be like, okay, what the fuck are these machine elves? And there's this uh, YouTuber, Dakota on Earth, and he was talking about DMT, but he has not actually done the DMT. He was doing the, the psilocybin, the mushrooms. And he did actually have a gnome experience, which I thought was kind of funny because... I I was literally thinking these were actual elves for a while. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, like actual like hello, I'm Legolas or uh-huh. you know, whatever. <laughs> so, uh he actually did have like a, a elf gnome experience and it was where he was tripping on mushrooms and he was surrounded by little like gnome, gnome-like elves like with the hats and everything, but they were like pointing at him and angry at him. And they were telling him everything like bad he had done in his life and as each one of them told him something bad he had done in his life he was like taken back to that point and like kind of like reliving that moment where he was just like you know like not a great person or something and so he came out of it with a lot of insight on as to like you know why why he did those things and uh i don't know maybe just deciding not not to do that anymore he's got quite a few followers on youtube so yeah Dakota of Earth, he talks a lot about psychedelics and stuff like that, so he, he's a good one to to look up if you're interested in in hearing more. Oh yeah, and you should definitely uh, be wary of actually taking them because most they're illegal in most places. Yes, and uh, you know there are a matter a, a multitude of medical conditions that could make it so it's not a great thing. So you know, yeah, here's our legal take it disclaimer. under supervision. Yeah. You know, take it your own risk. <laughs> exactly and then one more thing i i felt that this was uh on a list of experiences that people had on on dmt and i felt it was worth mentioning because i mean you can't talk about psychedelics without talking about pink floyd true that true that and here is the story. I'm just going to quote straight from Ranker.com here on this one. Andrew Costa, a director from New York City, took to Medium uh, to describe his first time smoking DMT. And while there were the usual colors and twisty geometric shapes, there was also something special in store for him. He finally figured out Pink Floyd. Quote, <laughs> Shortly after taking my first toke, colors began to brighten and distant things began to gain clarity. After the second toke, I closed my eyes and colorful geometrical shapes began to emerge. But it was after my third toke that I had the revelation that changed my life forever. Pink Floyd is actually a pretty sick band. 
Why is it that Pink Floyd is the drug band? They aren't that cool. Now, that's after the quotes end, that last sentence. So I don't know if maybe that was the author of Ranker saying that, because Andrew Costas seemed to think they were pretty fucking cool. And I take issue with anyone who thinks that Pink Floyd is not that cool. Yeah, Pink Floyd's pretty cool. They are pretty, pretty fucking cool, and it's just like, damn, Andrew Costa, how old were you when you like discovered this? Like, Jesus Christ. I've been knowing since I was like 14, like, you know, tripping balls, listening to Dark Side of the Moon about 8,000 fucking times. <laughs> oh, man, you ever watched it while watching The Wizard of Oz? No. Oh, yeah. You start Dark Side of the Moon at the lion's third roar while, you know, at the very beginning of The Wizard of Oz, and it is insane. It goes what? so well together. It's it's unbelievable. I'm sure we could probably find it online in some place, yes. but it's it's pretty easy to do on your own. I did it with a group of friends from high school. They had never experimented with really drugs at all mm-hmm. for the most part, and they're like, "We would like to get stoned, and we'd like to get stoned with you." And I'm like, That's "That sounds funny." And these were people that we went to high school with, like. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, and uh, there, yeah, there were some of my friends that they didn't. I mean, they just didn't use drugs. Yeah, and so we got together and we're like, and I was like, oh man, well we should try this too. And they're like, cool. And we sat down and we got stoned and you know had a few drinks and watched it. And it it straight up, I mean, like, I'm not like getting goofy when I'm getting stoned. You know, I've I've smoked weed before. I'd been. It wasn't getting me super fucked up, and but it was. It went so well. It was crazy. I mean, I would. Anyone should do it. It's it's really great. It, the s- sounds and some of the things they say just really match with the movie. You, until you actually watch it, it's hard to imagine how it is. But it's it's pretty fucking crazy. That is crazy. I I would definitely be down to to try that out. The lions. Yeah, you or, should. Okay. Yeah. And you just start and like the only... CD, like the the whole album. Just uh, yeah. One? You okay. Just let it go. Okay. You start at the lion's third roar, and then you just let the whole thing go, and it'll pan sync up, and 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 then you don't you only have to listen to it for as long as the album goes because the album's not as long as the movie. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's Wizard of Oz, so <laughs> don't need to see it again. It's sort of a you know, oh yeah, known movie. <laughs> it's like uh, it is, and I'm out here in, in Wizard of Oz land. There's a whole fucking like, yeah, you totally are. Yeah. I am. There's a Wizard of Oz museum, like. Uh, less than an hour from our house in Wamego, Kansas. I've actually been there twice now. Not since we moved here, but um, other times when we were out visiting, we've gone to the Wizard was the of Oz Ass- Museum. Was the place that she was sent in Wichita? I don't know. She never the sanatorium? Says, um, I don't know because that's from the books, and I feel like I've only maybe read the first book. Well, I thought that in the movie they go when when Dorothy is being taken. Oh, wait, that's in Return to Oz. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking of the second one. The second one is movie. creepy as fuck. Holy shit, Wheelers, dude. Yeah, no, I know. There's like this whole thing, and I've read some of the um, like the the Wicked stuff too. And um, oh yeah, 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 like it, where it just really gets into some of the the Oz characters and. And Wicked is the kind of the evolution of the Wicked Witch, and that's just fucking nuts. That's good. Good stuff. Gregory and, McGuire is the author of those books. Um, 
Yeah, but in in the original Oz movie, she just she just says she's from Kansas. She doesn't yeah, specify yeah. the area of Kansas. You know, I was at a bookstore in the relatively recent past, and I hadn't realized how many Oz books there are. Mm-hmm. There are a ton of Oz books. It's insane. I don't even I don't know what the number is specifically, but I know that's like over five. There's a shitload of Oz books. Mm-hmm. All by Frank Baum. Yep. All by yeah, the same okay. dude. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't Do you have anything to? He he wrote a bunch, a bunch. <laughs> well, uh, do you have anything to what add? Was he eating? I wonder. <laughs> no, all of it. <laughs> Uh, did you have anything to add about uh, machine elves? Uh, no, I think uh, I've run my course on uh, machine elfery. All right. <laughs> uh, well, let's get into shadow people. The scary ass shadow people. Yeah. It seems to me they're sort of just supernatural peeping toms. In most stories. People run into them and they're just sort of watching, looking out a window, hanging out close to your bed. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty disconcerting. I wouldn't be super pleased with that. Yes. Um, I mean, you could say that my my uh, sleep paralysis experience uh, was like a shadow person experience because that's totally like what it was. It was like a faceless, oh, yeah, like just a shadow of a man like standing in my doorway. And I've read a lot of stories that were similar. It's obviously linked to sleep paralysis, but um, oh, definitely. There's like a whole wide range of speculation on on what these shadow people are exactly. Some of them actually interact with the subject. Some of them talk. Uh, there's actually a story of someone who'd wake in the night with a feeling of someone near them, and sometimes they'd hear a, a whisper telling, saying, "Don't move." And so they wouldn't. They just didn't. They would wake up. They'd be like, you don't move. They're like, all right, well, fuck that. And they wouldn't. But then one time they decided, well, let's see what's going on. And it said, they heard the whisper, don't move. And they rolled over and they're nose to nose with a shadow person. Well, I guess they couldn't really see the finny features, but forehead to forehead with a, with a shadow person. And that fucking scared them as I can imagine and so they attempted to scream but instead shadow hands reached out and started choking them and so they're thrashing around in bed they're kicking they're punching they're trying to make a noise but they're being choked and then the shadow person finally vaporizes and they're not dead that's pretty intense yeah that would fucking suck yeah it would although again to me that sounds like a kind of a familiar sleep paralysis um Except with the moving type of thing. Yeah, I mean, although sometimes maybe you have limited movement. True. You know, maybe I mean, turned your head. You think you're moving more than you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that's, that's all part of the, the whole thing that causes it is the thing that makes your, your body shut down, not waking up with your consciousness. Yeah, yeah. So well, there's maybe, another story yeah. about someone who like woke up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and they saw a shadow person standing in a doorway. But this shadow person they could clearly see as a Native American man and they could see features on his face and he was wearing a top hat and you know, they, could see, they could see his blue eyes. And so that's a weird thing because they're awake. I mean, maybe not. Maybe it's a dream, but 
then being able to see features, it seems to me that's not quite normally the shadow person experience. Normally the shadow person is straight up just shadows. It's it's so dark that it's darker than the dark around you. It's like an actual, just a shadow. Instead of dark, it's like absence of light. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think, you know, kind of like a, it's it's not solid, you know, just like a, a shadow, how it's, you can only see it over certain um, surfaces, stuff like that. And you can kind of, and sometimes they're kind of like, you can see through them. I've never actually seen one. After my cat Dinah died several years ago, I would always catch like shadow cats out of the corners of my eyes. But I don't think that was anything other than just being used to having something dart around and so just kind of mind playing tricks on me. Or I was right. being haunted by the ghost of my cat, <laughs> which is possible. Well, yeah, I mean, just uh, distortions in your peripheral vision. Uh, can yeah. definitely make you feel like something is there when it isn't, and certainly something that's shadow-like. You know, uh, your favorite story about like my eyeball surgery, right? Yes, love yes. that one. It's the fucking best. <laughs> so that actually, when your retina um, begins to detach, it is something that you see in your peripheral vision, and it is like a shadow falling across your field of vision. That's so, so fucked up. Yeah, so for my the the upper um right corner of my retina was beginning to detach, so I saw uh through my eyes it was a shadow over the lower left corner of my visual field. So Crazy. Yeah, so it was like a dark shadow where it wasn't completely opaque, but it was definitely there. And it's just because they're the the retina was coming away from your eye and so since it wasn't directly against it you could see it now yeah or see what was about to happen which would be you know like Ugh. eventually like nothing so that part i was losing vision in that part and since it, it like reverses it um yeah know, it was the upper right corner peeling away and so the the blind spot essentially the shadow uh was seen you know left through the left corner. And it was pretty, when I went into the specialist and was like, uh, hey, I think something's going on here. <laughs> um, they basically, they took a piece of like white paper and had you in front of you, like had you cover your eye and then kind of like, you know, here, like kind of draw where the shadow is so you could like see it more defined just looking at the white paper. And yeah. Then, yeah, it was like like a little, you know, just drawing the, you know, the like a triangular corner. On the uh, on the left lower corner there, it was pretty crazy. Fucking a, yeah, mm -hmm. that's super crazy. Yeah, and so people with this this type of degenerative degenerative um, you know, retinal de degeneration that I have um, you can see shadows and floaters uh, just in your normal vision. So I if I don't ever see them when I'm not thinking about it, but if I actually like think on it like i actually see several little floating shadow spots and particles in my visual field that are kind of there at all times i just don't register them unless i'm really thinking about it but just because you're so used to them mm -hmm. yeah but um the 
the problem I have, it's called lattice degeneration. So it's tiny little holes all over the retina of the eye. So that's what allows these little shadow spots to, to come through in my vision. That's crazy. But yeah, so I mean, I feel like there's a there's a lot. I feel like shadow people is like definitely like a weird thing, but there I think some of the experiences people have there's probably an actual like, um, you know, scientific explanation for it. A medical condition. Yeah, a medical condition. Yeah, problems with your vision. Uh, definitely, if you ever are seeing consistently seeing shadows in your peripheral vision, you should go and uh, get that checked out because that could actually be a, a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, I imagine maybe shadows in the vision, but not so much full form. Right, full on form people. Yeah, but with I mean, like hats and stuff. Sometimes, though, the, I've read the experience. It's so quick. You you know, you think you see something, and then like you turn and it's gone. So I don't know. I I, I feel like I've done that a number of times or the or the old uh you're laying in bed and you see something and you suddenly like notice it on your wall and it's scary and it's just like oh my god like what is this thing and the fear starts to take over you because you think i i, I don't usually see a, a shadow of a man i see a shadow of a giant spider <laughs> yeah think, that's cool so you think arachnophobia kind of like when uh jeff daniels like sees it on his wall i've had stuff like that too where, <laughs> yeah. yeah like I think it's a, a spider or something really creepy and awful on my wall. And then finally get up the courage to go up and it's like, oh, yeah, it's my coat hanger casting a weird shadow. Yeah, shadows can be. Can be weird. Well, from the from the lineup here. A website, the lineup dot com. Mm-hmm. It talks about a person who, when they were five or six, they would go into their backyard to play on the trampoline. Oh, yeah. And sees three men standing side by side, side by side, wearing matching hats, all pitch black. And the kid yelled at these people to fuck off. And the parents heard the shouts and went downstairs. And the parents remember the kid being absolutely terrified. He, The kid told the parents that there was people on the trampoline, but there, that there was no shadow people there. Mm-hmm. But the kid didn't go on the trampoline for like two years. Two years. Yeah, I read that. I two mean, years. You got to be pretty fucking scared to not go on your trampoline for two years as a kid with a trampoline. And then their grandmother also saw many times at the house, uh, described many times at the house, walking up to a dark figure just standing around. Mm-hmm. And then it disappearing uh they moved but are still see shadow people and it's weird to see full figures and to be like hey and then they're gone mm-hmm. or you know and other people hearing it i mean sure a five or six year old kid but there's there's a lot of uh stories on that on that list where it's it's children that have seen them and maybe that has something to do with the kid the fact that children are just more open and can see stuff that maybe adults have just kind of closed their mind to yeah or also they're an adult it's easier is... to scare kids you know and they're afraid of their own shadow True. like who knows True. <laughs> so True. But... there was one where uh okay so this that one this one was contributed by mr tibbles 32 he was uh five years old trying to fall asleep and a shadow person appeared before 
their window. It seemed harmless, pacing back and forth in front of the window, appearing as if someone was floating just outside the window, but the room was on the second floor, 20 feet off the ground. No living human could be outside their window. This continued to happen. Sometimes more than one would appear, and the two shadow people would interact. The user didn't realize what they were seeing at the time. They just believed it to be childish fantasy, like seeing Peter Pan. It was only recently they were able to pinpoint exactly what they'd seen, and it was no lost boy. Or maybe it was, but not, you know, from that particular <laughs> Not from <thing>. Neverland? <laughs> yeah, yeah, from someplace else. I mean, who, who, assuming these things do exist, I mean, what the fuck are they? Right. It's talked about when I was talking about machine elves. Shadow people are one of the things sometimes people see on DMT. So are shadow people somehow able to break over from a different level of consciousness or a different dimension or whatever? Or are shadows just what we see of the things that are trying to impress themselves into our reality? Right. Maybe when we go over to the DMT world, all these weirdo things that we're seeing just see us as a shadow person. And so things coming from a higher level of consciousness there and going down into that one, maybe they show up as just shadow people. Maybe that's because we don't have the ability to perceive the rest of them just because we can only see such a small range of stuff with our eyes. Right. Or maybe it's just all us. Uh, a lot of psychologists would say that shadow people are um, a projection of our dark side. I mean, we have an actual shadow that, you know, That's follows true. us around all day long. And Sometimes that, it's in front of us. Yeah, and that um, shadow people are like a projection of our dark side and, and what we use to, um, you know, cope with the, the darkness that's within all of us. Um, you remember that one show I was telling you about on Hulu? I looked it up again. It's called Monsterland, if you want to check it out. It's got some weird shit. It's like that weird anthology show. It had the episode where the chick put the fucking ice pick through her ears. Okay. Yeah, that was, like, really bothersome to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In a major way. <laughs> not, yeah. But there's a... there Episode number two deals with a shadow person. So when we, uh, you know, decided to do this, I was like, oh, I got to watch that episode again about the, the shadow person. And it's basically this down-on-his-luck teenager. He's got a mom who's, like, you know, had a stroke, and she's super sick. And he's just super poor, has to work, uh, you know, loses his job. And when he is online gaming one night, he sees, like, this, you know, humanoid shadow in his room. And at first, he tries communicating with it. Like, the reaction was kind of weird, <laughs> in my opinion. He's just like, oh, hey, I'm Nick. What's your name? And he makes, like, a little shadow duck. And then the, the shadow repeats it and makes a duck on the wall. Snaps a picture of it. Posts it in the online community saying, like, you know, what the fuck is this? And then is directed to this... um this online community uh like shadow searchers or something like that shadow watch shadow watch i think is what it was called where there's like this group of users and they're telling him like no this thing in your house is like evil like have you been having a bad time in your life uh, and the kids just like yeah but maybe it's just bad luck and they're like no it is all the fault of this shadow and yeah i mean the 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 kid just kind of like eventually just kind of goes on this downward spiral 
And it's all these people just saying, like, no, it's the shadow's fault. It's not your fault. It's the shadow. Like, the shadow made all this happen. It fucked all of our lives up. So I think the episode was kind of playing on that a little bit, where you're looking to to blame something uh, for how oh, your I life see. Yeah. is. Yeah, like, and it's like, no, it's got to be this shadow that's causing all of it. It's not because I just had bad luck. You know, it's not an unfortunate series of events. It's this fucking shadow that is to blame. This shadow can even cause you to want to kill people and do things like that. But it's not your fault. It's the shadow. Yeah. Interesting. It is. It is interesting. It's it's an interesting theory, I think. Um, yeah, just that, you know, we all have this darkness within us. And maybe shadow people are kind of, I don't know. A way of uh, uh, diso- disassociating it with our own darkness, like it's it's the fucking maybe, shadow, but dude. it seems the like if that was the case, <laughs> if that was the case, there'd be more examples of shadow people, right? Because, I mean, if there's darkness in all of us, and that's this is how we deal with it, I just feel like there would be more. It would be something that's documented throughout history more as well. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it seemed like there seemed to be plenty of cases of people experiencing, uh, you know, seeing shadow people. But all we're ever learning about is like the um, part where they saw the shadow person, not a whole lot else going on in their lives. So that it would be interesting. Yeah, to know true. more, I think. There's just a lot out there on it. And have you ever... Have you ever seen infographics on YouTube? I have not. Oh my gosh, neither had I before Shadow People. There's <laughs> there's a whole uh, infographics video on Shadow People and it's really funny because it's talking about some of these like terrifying experiences that you might have and why with Shadow People and some of the, you know, is it a djinn? Is it some sort of dark spirit? Cuz it's it's been something that since the beginning of time and across all cultures seem to have shadow people stories, but it was just hilarious because it's in this very rudimentary, um, animation. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, Oh, you're, you're alone in bed and you feel like you're being watched. And you know, you see the guy with just like the dark eyes and his little mouth goes into an O like, Oh, <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. I almost sent you the lick to this, like because I was like, "Oh my god, I can't even with this video." You have to see it, <laughs> and they're not too long, and they have them on a whole variety of topics. <laughs> oh, nice. Funnily enough, yeah, it's um, it's really pretty interesting the way it's like, oh, shadow people explained in this simplified cartoon. Interesting. So uh, hey, I, I, I nice. highly recommend Easy looking that one up on YouTube. But I don't know. I just I think there is something to the uh, psychology aspect of it. Also, it's just I mean, how scary can shadows be? Really? I mean, have you ever been afraid of your own shadow? I know my own shadow. Has Not my own, but other shadows. Sure. Oh, I've and I can see. There's probably some cases where it's there's some cases of everything unexplained that are just in the experiencer's head Mm -hmm. and for a variety of medical or just mistake reasons. But some of these things I don't think can be so easily put into that box. 
you just can't write everything off. Yeah, you can't write everything off as it was just in your head or it was uh, something in your eyesight that caused it. I mean, I, I would I would be agreeable that there's, I mean, some of those stories were pretty weird. And there's some things, you. I mean, you know when you see something. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, when I saw like the story that I told for at a knock once for yes, when I saw the little person the, in the, the woods. The elf person, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I fucking know I saw that. And I have no way of proving that. But I know for goddamn certain I saw the fucking thing. It stuck with me for years. Mm-hmm. Hey, my shadow guy was fucking real, okay? Yeah, but I, so... I just, I just like to be... I, I'm more the kind of person that wants to convince myself that there's an explanation, you know, for it. Right. I'm, I'm a scully type. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that That was my brain. <laughs> like, no, 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 there's nothing there. I can still sleep here. It's fine. <laughs> right, exactly. That was just a projection of my brain before I was fully conscious. Um, but I thought I was. So that, that was just me basically hallucinating <laughs> that person. Yeah. <laughs> There was nothing paranormal about that, okay? <laughs> Don't have to move. Don't have to move. <laughs> exactly. I, one thing I thought was funny about that one with the kid with the floating shadow and the interacting shadow is uh, the, the Peter Pan thing. Remember how he loses his shadow? His shadow got away from oh, him? Oh, yeah. And Wendy yeah, has yeah. to sew it back on to his foot? Yes. Yeah, and I will tell you, I've been scared of my own by my own shadow about a million fucking times. Like... It's dark, and I op- I turn on the lights somewhere, or I step into something, and my shadow pops up on the wall, and it has literally made me jump and scream. And then it's yeah, like, oh, but you're that's sort just of, my shadow. You're expecting at all times for someone to hop out of a place they couldn't possibly be and kill you anyway. Yes, because that's the kind so, of person I am. Yeah, I'm not generally expecting There's nothing expecting paranormal to be... about it. It's all fucking people, and they're all It's just paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> It's paranoia, not <laughs> paranormal. Well, I think that is a pretty much all we got for you uh, as far as shadow people and machine elves are concerned. So if you guys have stories about machine elves or shadow people or aliens or cryptids or anything Whatever. like that, you know, let us know. We'd like to have a listener ex- a story episode. Uh, but we need listener stories to do that. So go ahead and send any sort of stories you have to us at strangerthanpodcast at gmail.com. If you don't want your names read, that's fine. If you do want your names read, that's also fine. Just let us know. Yeah, let us know. And we'd we love to hear from you. like that. <laughs> Not at all. And check out the podcast syndicate we are a part of, Age of Radio at ageofradio.org. You can find a ton of other podcasts there. I think we have a podcast page you can listen to our podcast at ageofradio.org slash stranger than. You can also join our Patreon, patreon.com slash stranger than podcast. There for $2 a month, you will get ad-free episodes, the ad-free regular episodes. And for $5 a month, in addition to those, you will also get a bonus true crime episode. You can find us at any other social media places if we're there, either at Stranger Than or Stranger Than Podcast. And with that, we will talk to you next time. And stay strange. <laughs>